You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, for that impromptu <laughs> intro. <laughs> right, well, here we are. We Yes, we didn't record last week. We didn't record last week because it was hot and sticky, at least by, you know, UK standards where we don't have air conditioning and, you know, all that. Uh, and none of the stories particularly caught our interest. And, uh, well, we just weren't really feeling it, I don't think. Uh, so we decided to skip. Anyway, since then, of course, uh, quite a lot has happened, including my shiny new M1 Mac uh, being dead as a doornail um, on a Thursday morning. Um, no, it's not dead, mate. You just stunned it. <laughs> well, I hope so. I bloody hope so. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, there you go. We're back. We're back again. Um, and I'm recording on what was previously my old machine, but my boys had it and I've managed to just, you know, I've just thrown together the absolute basics to get, uh, to get up and recording for this show. So if the, uh, you know, when you're listening to this, the audio is a bit weird and wonderful compared to usual, you'll understand why, because, uh, I haven't got all my normal, uh, gigords and, you know, Ujima flips. Uh, interposed between me and the recording. We've just basically got wire, a microphone, and piezo. So there we go. Um, anyway, quite a lot has gone on. And uh, first things first, I will go with first things first. Um, do you remember we were talking? I believe it was uh, Donny who had a problem or a strange occurrence with his Mac, where um he wiped the machine, but it asked for the previous password, and I um. I posited that um, the file vault had stored the password somewhere in the firmware or such like. Um, I've had some feedback from Alistair in the in Slack. Um, Alistair, who probably knows more about these things than I do, says, File Vault does not store your password anywhere. There is a key which is stored somewhere, and this is encrypted with that password. So uh, that's probably in the, what, the secure enclave, I'm guessing. Anyway, when yeah. it asks for the password, it uses this to decrypt the key and then uses the actual key to decrypt the drive. If this works, you have entered the correct password. If not, you didn't, which is why it will take a while to fail if you enter the wrong password. So, yeah, thank you for that, Alistair, and clarifying that. Um, the, the password is not stored anywhere. It's used as a decryption key to unlock the actual key, as it were. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but that's probably why, you know, I'm still not sure 100%, on, and nor Alistair, but uh, that, if that is the cause, that is how, why it is asking for that password. It's why it's decrypted the decryption key apparently so there you go um thank you thank you for that alistair um okay well my macbook air my shiny new macbook air um oh, oh i yeah i was using it on wednesday evening and uh i put it on charge you know when i went to bed um and then in the thursday morning uh i had to go out because i had to take my father to hospital for a checkup uh got to have a, a some kind of um 
some kind of scan anyway and it's quite a long quite a long appointment it's about two hours so uh i took him and my mother to the hospital and i i on the way out of the door i thought there's two hours to kill i'll take my laptop um and i'll find somewhere to go and you know pass the time on my laptop so i picked up my laptop which was on charge and uh off i went anyway uh i dropped my father off at the uh you know at the hospital and uh found somewhere to go and uh ordered something to eat and a drink and uh, sat down and uh then i opened my macbook air and nothing nothing at all complete black screen and not the not the black screen of sort of sleeping that you get where it's actually slightly lit from behind just like nothing the black black screen of off um hold on a minute we've you've forgotten the one bit where you tortured me <laughs> by sending a picture of your breakfast <laughs> no that was the, that was the week before <laughs> was that the week before that oh, was the right. week before yeah that, that was when i went to sainsbury's and had a, a you know a, a breakfast yes um no this week i went somewhere else and had because it was a later appointment this week so uh i went oh, had, right. i went and had a steak uh, uh, you know <laughs> Instead, <laughs> steak and chips. I thought I wouldn't torture you with that one, Nick. <laughs> As, the breakfast was enough. Um, but it was complete, you know, completely black. So, I mean, you all, I thought, okay, we've got one of these things where it's failed to wake from deep sleep. So your immediate response is to hold the power button down. Yep. So I held the power button down and I counted to 10 and nothing happened. And I counted to 20 and nothing happened. So I shut the lid and went on my phone for half an hour and ate my steak and then opened the laptop again and still nothing. And I held the power button down again and still nothing. And I thought, oh, well, so I'll put it away and I'll I'll take it home and um, I'll put it back on charge and see if that makes it. Nothing. Now I've got home eventually and plugged it in and, uh, you know, plugged it into the charger thinking that might wake it up and still no response to the power button at all. Now, um, those who've got an M1 or, you know, will know that that's it. The power button is your only recourse. It's not like the old days where you could take the battery out and unplug the mains and say, well, you know, that will reset it <laughs> yeah. or, um, you know, pull out the power cord and uh, hold down some weird Vulcan death grip of keys in order to reset the power management. The power button is all you have. And the fact that, um, in effect, the, the M1 machines never really go off, as it were. They're always in a kind of, at the best, they're in a, like a deep hibernation, unless you actually oh, hold the key down and power it off off. The rest of the time, well, it, it's not off. If you're talking laptops, yeah, but if you're talking uh, Mac Minis, no. And I, my Macs, they're, they're, they're powered off completely. Right, okay. Well, yeah. with the laptop, unless you actually do the shut it down, shut it down, mm. it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of on in a super low power mode. Um, so there you go. Um, so uh, having uh, done a quick search, it seems this is, you know, not an unknown thing. I'm not the only, it's not like one of these things where there are hundreds of people up in arms going, my, my MacBook Air has died, you know, suddenly. But um, yeah, if you only... search on YouTube, there's a lot of stories about um, people having this problem. Um, but there's various, various rumours of how to rectify it, like put it to sleep or... Uh, you know, close the lid and put open again. Some some weird ideas that seem to work, but I think it depends on the computer. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I tried all the things that I could think of, like closing yeah. the lid and leaving it half an hour, putting it back on charge, all that. But you know, after I'd so, run out of things to do, uh, yeah, it sounds like a batch fault, doesn't it, of some sort with a manufacturing fault? I would think. I've no worrying. So I um. 
obviously I contacted Apple and I got through to a nice chap in Apple support who said, you know, what seems to be the problem. So I said, yeah, I've got this nice new, you know, M1 MacBook Air. And he said, oh, you know, that's nice. I said, yeah, except this morning it's dead. He goes, what do you mean it's dead? I said, well, I, so I explained the situation and then he said, oh, well, what you have to do is hold the power button down for 10 seconds to reset it. <laughs> I said, yeah, I've done that. Right, and plugged it in and done it again and closed the lid and left it. And then, right, so went through the whole thing. Goes, ah, that's not good, is it? Best, I think, best... you, might have a dead, I think you might have a dead Mac. <laughs> did, did, but, your, did, your, did your conversation go a bit like this? I wish to make a complaint. <laughs> Sorry, we're closing for lunch. Never mind that, my lad. I wish to complain about this pedal that I purchased not half an hour ago from this very boutique. Careful, Jim, will be struck off for a corporate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably probably dangerously over the edge there already. But anyway, um, no, it didn't. As he kind of went, oh, well, that's not good, is it? Best we uh, get that in and have a look at it. So he said, you know, um, you could go to uh, you could go to the local Apple store. He said, there's one in Norwich, which I said, yeah, there is, and that's about thirty five to forty miles away. But it's a bloody awful road, and um, I'm not really inclined to to do that. And he said, well, we've got um we've got an iStore store in Ipswich, which is uh an Apple authorized you know reseller and whatnot. And I said, uh yeah but they don't actually have a workshop there because I've taken the Mac there before and they look at it and if they can't fix it like on the counter, in other words, it's not, um, you know, not a software thing or, yeah, you yes. need to press this button, sir. Um, they just say they'll have to send it away to Apple anyway. So I said, can't you just send me a box? That's what I've always done in the past. So he said, yes, I shall dispatch you a box forthwith and uh, you will, you know, it will be returned to uh, Apple Service Centre for, uh, you know, for assessment, repair or replacement as required as you are under your warranty. So I said, thank you very much. So the next morning a box came, um, very nice box, big, thick, corrid corrugated cardboard box um, with full instructions on how to put your laptop in it. Uh, it comes with like some, uh, I don't know, sort of strange polystyrene sprung things that you that expand around the edge and you put your laptop in and then press the other pieces back in, sort of slot in like Lego. Um, and then you put all the labels on it and you send it away. So uh, the next morning, like I say, the box came, packed the stuff in it, contacted uh, UPS who came later the same day to take it away and it was whisked off to go to Czechoslovakia, apparently, according to the label. Um, Gracious. <laughs> Czech, Czech, Czech Republic, I think. Anyway, which did surprise me slightly because normally they go to they go to um, somewhere in the Netherlands, normally. When I've sent stuff off mm-hmm. before, it usually goes to Holland. But anyway, so it's gone and gone off somewhere, you know, being assessed, I assume. Um, the odd thing about it was, I will say, I will say this. The odd thing about it was that the trackpad was still clicky, which because it's like the old, uh, the later home buttons, it doesn't actually physically move. Yeah, so it, so there's power going to the trackpad. There, there was power in there because um, the trackpad was activate. You know, when I pressed on it, it was activating the haptic to make it feel like an actual clicky button. They're very strange. But you know, that's it. It's gone away. Away. Were you getting the startup chain? No. No, I couldn't because it was you know, it had been asleep, so I couldn't get anything. Ah, right, right. So yeah. it wasn't waking up from, from it, it was not close. Yeah, it was not waking from sleep and yet the screen was black as if it was off, but the button mm-hmm. was clicky, but um it wouldn't respond. Stuck to in the... sleep mode, basically. 
something like that, but it would not mm. respond to the power button. It would not turn off because normally I have had it, you know, a black screen after wait. Sometimes it won't properly recover from a deep sleep, you know, if you shut the lid and let yeah. it charge in overnight. Um, and I have occasionally had a thing where it won't wake up properly and you hold the power button down and it goes off in the normal manner and then you restart it and it, everything's back to normal. But if it won't respond to the button at all, you're a bit stuffed. That's going to get expensive for Apple if that happens too often. Ooh, definitely. Um, it was somewhat it was very disconcerting, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Do you think you'll get feedback about it from them or just you'll get a new one and that'll be it? I mean, the guy, you know, just said, well, I'll book it in then and send you a box mm. for it to be sent away because, you know, he's first line, first line customer support. He doesn't, as he said, I'll, they will send it off because I said, well, I can't, I can't get in it and like turn off my password or anything. And he goes, oh, I think they've got ways to plug something in and get into it mm. and whatnot, which don't involve breaking into your account or anything. So they don't have to look at any of your data. Um, the only thing he did tell me I needed to do was to obviously go into find my via my phone um and turn it off there um if, mm-hmm. you didn't have, if you didn't have another apple device it might be a bit sticky but i suppose you could probably do it from any computer as long as you can log into um icloud.com but um no so there we go it's gone away to somewhere in the czech republic i believe to be assessed so how long has that been away now uh well it it, it broke it was, was it last right. weekend? It was th- no Thursday. So Thursday. Or oh, Thursday this week? Yeah. Oh, right. th- Thursday. <clears throat> last Thursday, as was as we're recording on a Monday. So Thursday, I couldn't get it to um, work. Friday, they sent me a box. Friday, it was picked up. Um, and right. today's Monday. I've heard nothing so today. So probably midweek. I would. Yeah. So it. hence the uh, yes. I was just going to say hence the importance of doing backups. Eh? Oh yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, um, I, I think I don't know whether I told you that. Um, my friend from work. Do you remember my, my friend from work who had the uh, the uh, Power Mac, whose hard drive went, and I had to take him a memory stick because he got no backup. And oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, he bought my old Mac off me, my 2007 iMac, um, and it's just failed. Just failed. 2007 iMac. Okay, it's got an SSD in it, I think, but 2007 iMac, and it's only just failed. That just shows how long they're going for. Um, and uh, he contacted me to say he was having problems. He was getting all this squiggly stuff on the screen. So I put him in contact with um, I'm in Mac, uh, having watched the uh, the Mac show, listened mm. to the Mac show. Um, and he lives in Birmingham anyway. Well, he lives in Coventry, actually. And uh, so we took it to I'm in Mac, and they, they thought it might be the hard drive in the end. But they managed to recover it. And then he contacted me a week later, and he said, it's gone wrong again, and I still haven't done a backup. <laughs> And I thought, well, you can only take a you can only take a horse to water, as they say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, I know. Less technical people always seem to, um, you know, it happens so often. And those of us who are, you know, more tech savvy, repeat this mantra over and over to all and sundry: back up, back yeah. up, back up. For God's sake, you know, the, the the more tech savvy people get, the the you know, a lot of them say if it doesn't exist in three places, it doesn't exist at all. You know. Yeah, um, it's a little bit like it's a little bit like talking to someone who's a a, a, a security expert, and they're they're completely paranoid because they know all the ways it can be hacked. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing with backup, really. Once you've experienced losing data, you never want to do it again. <laughs> 
No, I learned that. Well, that's my biggest fear is um, losing my data. Yeah. Well, mm. this is this is true because, you know, I've said it at our Mac user group and I've said it on here and many other places. You know, everything else about your setup can be replaced. Your laptop, can, you know, you can get a new one, whether it's insurance mm. or, you know, under the warranty or buy another one or whatever. Your, you know, your software can be re-downloaded. You know, you can recover your keys if you... Yeah. If, but that, if you don't have them, you know, it's a fact. Invaluable, yes, that invaluable photo of Auntie Jean that you've yes. only got on your computer. Exactly. It's, it's valuable beyond measure. <laughs> you look at the problem I had with, um, you know, setting up a new Mac Mini. Um, there was, a, you know, the first, the first week of after setting up, there was a few problems with um, uh, various things, you know, looking for permission and didn't matter what I did, it wouldn't, you know, accept me accepting it. Uh, but a week later, it suddenly all cleared itself up, and then they had the problems where um, the photos app wouldn't find my photographs, even though they were in the cloud. And another week later, clicked clicked a button, and there they were. Um, so it's quite frightening. Um, the, the, the latest one now is because I because I went on to the public beta of iOS 15, and then rolled back to iOS 14. Um, all my uh, documents in the cloud, which are still there, they're on the phone, doesn't show up in the, the iPad now because it's got a, a, it's got a newer app, uh, it's got um, a backup yes. made made on the iOS 15. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <it's see> really. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I can't get, my, can't get access to my, my files unless I use the phone or the computer. <laughs> yes, yeah, software, software now, computing is... Rather complicated now. Yes, it is. Yeah, you know, you know all the, you know what it's like leaving on the bleeding edge, James. Yeah, yeah. Careful. <laughs> That's it. Oh, you, 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 you've been an early adopter, Simon, with the the M1 chip. Yep. You were the you were the first one to get one, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I was kind of waiting, and um, due to my mm. circumstances, it was like I'm buying it now while I've got money. Mm. Um. Mm. So yeah, and it's been fabulous. So we wait, we we wait to see what the result is. Yes, I, I don't. I'm interested to see whether they send me back the same machine or you know a repaired machine or repaired, yeah. Just send me Who another knows? one. Who knows? I'd like know. to see you get a replacement rather than because the, the worry is even though they repair it, is that they may may do it again. Well, yeah, there's a I guess there's a nagging doubt mm-hmm. that you know. Anyway, I shall I shall uh, I shall report next time. Hopefully, my machine will be restored to me one way or another. I do have a clone. I do have a clone of my machine. Thank you. Not bootable so, because it's um on a USB drive and that um. Yeah, so, so what's the rental that. fees that your son's charging you for using his laptop? <laughs> well, considering I gave it to him when I when I got my <laughs> other one. <laughs> you mean it's not been enterprising? No, no, well, he said, what are you doing with my laptop? I said, I'm taking it back <laughs> until mine is repaired, or at least for this afternoon, so I can install Yetzo and um, a little bit, you know. Uh, I didn't go the whole hog. I've, I've got a very, I've done a very simple audio hijack setup, which I hope is working, and um, and I'm just using Piezo. So, um, but even that, you know, because I when I gave it to him, I deleted my account from it because I've got no need of it, and um, we went through and cleaned out all the apps that you know he didn't want and appeared to be of no use. So of course I spent um, this morning and this afternoon, you know, installing Piezo and audio hijack and slack and quip and oh blimey the number of things you realize you need 
and I'm not yes. planning. I'm not planning unless I have to to edit this show on this machine. But I I could do obviously. Um, if if my machine doesn't turn up in you know a day or so, I might. I mean, I might just install, download Audacity and and edit it anyway. But um, yes, it's quite surprising how many things you realise you need to install. <laughs> Although I was quite pleased to find because one thing you do get with your iCloud once I'd managed to get it to sign into iCloud. Um, and I downloaded the new, uh, the latest Safari uh, technology preview, build 128, which is apparently the same as the one on the latest Monterey beta. Um, I'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, that kind of went, ah, or, you, you know, you have all these extensions, really. <laughs> Go away. Go away. No, I'm not. Asked. Go away. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> typical. Um, normally I put it on Do Not Disturb. I must have nope. forgotten. Um, that'll be up before you boot your computer. Possibly. <laughs> and they'll email me if they. If they'll email me if they. Uh, or, or you know, I message me. Mm. Um, well, that was from apparently from Peterborough. So I doubt that's Apple. Apple's in. Oh uh, right. In Dublin or, or Ireland, aren't they? The, uh, um, if you if you phone up, you know, Apple support, you get Ireland. Anyway. Um. Because, as you know, we were talking last time, I was talking about the uh, technology preview for the new Safari and its yes. weird, weird tabs and... Yeah, right. Well, the second um, release of, of that, or the current release of that, is significantly different. Significantly different. Um, the, the the normal uh, header bar has been restored. I think you can. I think you get an option when you first open it, saying, "Do you want to use the compact mode or do you want the more traditional mode?" So the um, you know the URL bar has been restored. Uh, tabs can now be condensed into favicon or be done in a more traditional manner. Um, you can have a proper tab bar. That's effective. Almost rolled back everything, I'll be honest, um, about the UI. Uh, there's a load of stuff in the in the preferences um, for this new build. So uh, you can automatically collapse tab titles into icons, which is like previous. Um, I think somewhere it says something about... Um, there was something when I opened it about, do you want to use the compact view? Which I said, no. Uh, there's a button somewhere to turn off. So does this mean... Well, yeah, go on. So does this mean that Apple are actually listening to their customers? Uh, it would appear so, yeah. Unusual, isn't Never. it? They are. It is. Um, <laughs> somewhere there's a thing about... Oh, show colour in in the tab bar can be turned off. So, you know, when we were playing about on the show before and I said, oh, if you'd like, for example, if you go to, um, you know, if you go to Tidbits, which is purple, the, you know, the the top of the interface goes purple. You can now turn that off if you don't like that. Yes. Um, All right, that's good. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, they've, they've gone away from the thing of having the address bar in the tabs, which means they whiz about. Um, so, you know, if, if you've tried the last... I seem to remember hearing... And don't like it, try the newer one. Yes, yeah, no, I think I was listening to um, Carl and the gang, and, and, and they said that um, there was less jumping about. They yes. felt there was less jumping about now, so it's um, a good thing. On the phone, <laughs> for what it's worth, on the, on the uh, mobile safari on the phone, um, they've changed it somewhat, um, not as radically as they have on um, 
on the Mac. The Mac has almost kind of reverted to how it was previously. Now, in the last uh, version on on the phone, you had this floating box at the bottom, which then you would like type something in, and then it would jump up to the top where the previous one was, and then kind of keep appearing and disappearing, which is most disconcerting. So now they have got this thing where they've moved the title effectively. They've moved the kind of URL bar to the bottom. So it doesn't keep jumping to the top. But now, when it turns into a floating box, it's twice as big as it was before, which is worse. Um, oh, right. And I've, I've sent them feedback, and I've said, look, just it's not working. Can we not just have a, a, a bar like we had before? If you want it at the bottom, great, move it to the bottom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that, actually. That's quite, that's quite good, because, you know, if it's at the bottom, i.e. below the website, and you want to type in there, you can just tap it with your thumb rather than having to go up top. But at the moment, it uh, no, it's it's not improved at all. So um, I've sent them feedback saying no, thank you. Could we? <laughs> can you not just have a, ta- a bar like you had previously, but at the bottom? That would be good. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. But yes, the the backlash against the the previous one with the weird favicon only tabs and um, yes, things that people were at didn't the like. And, it jumped to the top they people obviously did not like it and somebody somewhere i guess has had to swallow their pride and go okay this is this is universally loathed we're going to have to do something about it so um that is what betas are for of course that is what betas are for yeah although it's it's unusual for apple to be quite so quick to give up on something you know um so they must have got a huge amount of feedback going no this is this is diabolic sorry um, I'm, I'm hoping they'll do something about uh, Safari and iOS. Uh, iOS 15. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a short trial of um, the, the public betas. Um, I got beta three, and I f- was finding it was causing big problems with the iPad. It was crashing all the time, especially with Flipboard, um, and even even the the um, reporting app for your feedback was crashing the tab, the iPad. Uh, so I, so I moved back to the iOS 14.7, um, but the, the the short time I was with the beta, Safari was driving me mad. The the new scroll, you know, the new t- uh, taskbar where it was sliding side, you know, sideways to. Oh yeah. So it's hard to hard to describe it. It's like a like a rotating, you know, row of task, ta- you know, yeah. uh, windows like open cards. Yeah, and, it's, it's yeah. Unlike the unlike the current version where it's at the bottom, apparently at the bottom. This was like you know, it slid sideways, so you you could scroll through the various pages that were open, and it was absolute, an absolute nightmare trying to find some of the you know, some of the sites you, you were on. Um, so I hope that goes away. Well, the, um, yeah, they've got this thing where this is with this floating bubble. The only, the other thing with the floating bubble, yeah, yeah. is sometimes it doesn't seem to want to go away. And if you've got a website that has, um, you know, interface buttons at the bottom where web designers expect there to be nothing in the way, you can't get to the damn buttons. Um, mm-hmm. So no, it, it's horrible. Uh, you know, if they want to have a bar, just have an ordinary bar at the bottom, and that would be fine. Because you know, yeah. it's the fact that it keeps like getting twice as big and floating, and it, it doesn't achieve yeah. very much at all. Do you think? Do you think many of our listeners are actually on the beta? Because we've been talking about it for quite a long time. No, no, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Just but that, 
you know, it's coming. So, you know, it's quite important that they get yeah, it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. which is why, you know, the technology preview um, on the Mac, as I say, you can download it and try it. But the, the latest build is 128, and that's considerably better than 127. Which was... Right. Um, so after all that, what else have we got in the show notes? Um, this this was um, this morning, apparently. iCloud has a case of the Mondays, mail, calendar, photos, and more face outages. That was on 9 to 5 Mac. Um, mm-hmm. when, I, when I saw that article, um, I thought, well, what about well, you know, the problem having with um, iCloud and the iPad? But no, it's not been that, been that at all. But uh, yeah. Hold on, hold on a minute. Update 9 a.m. Pacific time. Apple has resolved the iCloud issues. So, mm. what, what time's that here? Well, it was like up to about three in the afternoon. So it was quite a few hours they were having problems. Most yeah. eight, eight right. different things that were uh, were affected. iCloud uh, Drive was one of them. But uh, it's not. It obviously, hasn't been the problem I've been suffering from. So yeah. No. Uh, what 9 a.m. Pacific is about five. PM here, give or take. Isn't it eight hours different? Eight. Yeah, nine. Yeah, it's eight hours. Yeah, so nine plus three is twelve plus five. Yeah, five five PM. Yes. Oh, um, right. I must have. I hadn't noticed, but I obviously haven't accessed iCloud. It's so. not. Uh, no, you, apparently you, not, affecting, to, you, not affecting everybody. So you know. Right. If you go to the system status page, uh, it's between twelve thirty twelve thirty seven PM and three twenty seven PM uh, today. So. That's must be our time. Yeah, that'd be our time. Yeah, I, I so think just the, before I think one to, o'clock and about the, half past three. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think nine to five max. So the problem started about seven thirty Pacific. So seven thirty a.m. Anyway, there we go. Um, a cami DNS outage knocked many websites and services offline again. Um, that was a few days ago. Um, oh, I missed that as well. Didn't see you. Yeah, because I'm away from home, so I'm not noticing these things. So, by the way, if everyone thinks if I do sound different, it's because I'm using my iPad. So there we go to, to actually uh, to actually join in today because I'm away from home. So there we are. Seems to be okay. It's certainly okay this end. Yeah, so you're using it just uh, without a headphone and microphone. You're just using the. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it's higher than my lap, on my stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's not bad. Not, not bad. We're not getting any feedback or anything, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, so yeah, that. I mean, this goes back to the whole. <laughs> it goes back to the whole. Thanks for that, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes back to the oh, whole. Here we go again. The whole thing we were talking about the other week, which is you know the the decentralized web is ever more centralized, and um, if something like a cami yeah. goes down, we you know can bring down huge chunks. Um, so that was that. Um, yes. Apparently, um, according to thestreet.com, Akamai says fix implemented after service woes spark internet outage. So there you go. Um, so that was that one. Um. Apple employees have penned a second letter asking for uh, more work-from-home options, according to Apple Insider and various other people. Um, well, that is, you know, I guess that's their right, and it's also the right of the management to tell them no. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that's called... Uh, yes, there's been an awful lot of chat, hasn't there, about, about people working from home. Uh, when employers have a choice, 
<laughs> I think actually most people will probably end up going back to work whether they like it or not. But there we go. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You know, it depends. Um, I mean, it's not like Apple have ordered everybody. Well, it depends on, obviously, it depends on the, yeah, obviously it depends on the employer. But um, my experience with employers, which isn't that fast, that wide, I must admit, because I've only ever worked for two companies, um, is that um, either either people are flexible about it or they're not. And, yeah, uh, as we've said in the past. <laughs> it yeah. depends on your company. It does. Yeah. Um, or your manager, in some cases. Or your um, manager, indeed, yes. Um. No, I'm not following this that closely. Fair enough. Uh, you know, some Apple employees would like, you know, more work from home options. Apple are only asking them to work three days, but you can't have two days off consecutive and whatever. However, following on from that, um, Apple have already pushed the deadline on that back a month um, due to COVID concerns in the US. Um, and Mr. German apparently says iPhone 13 event likely to be virtual as Apple delays return to work uh, deadline. Um, I, th- I think it's too early to think about um, doing a live show. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if they were thinking of doing a live show um, yeah. at the moment. We're still fighting this um, pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in the latest edition of his Power On newsletter, German writes that if Apple had been able to move forward with its September timeline for a return to in-person work, an in-person iPhone 13 event was plausible. However, the iPhone event is now expected to be virtual um, because Apple have pushed the return to work uh, in-person deadline into October. So there we go. And they're talking about September time for the iPhone 13, right? Yes, but uh, of course, all speculation. You know, this is all yes. speculation. Um, apparently, an iPhone 5S won a photography award in 2021. This is on Uber Gizmo, um, which is quite interesting. Um, well, it doesn't doesn't really surprise me. I no, mean, it doesn't particularly is, surprise me. I know they kept me. improving the cameras. I mean, um, photography is about seeing a photograph and 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 taking a good photo of it. it. It just because you haven't got the very latest of everything doesn't mean that you can't take good photos. So. No, not at all. You can take a perfectly good photo on a box brownie if you you know you know what you're doing. Um, yes, you might struggle a little more on a box brownie. But... Yes, 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 <laughs> a little fewer options. But you might um, have to work a bit harder. Yeah, apparently. I think it's more with the. Go on. Yeah, go on, Jim. No, I'm just going to say, I think it's really down to what the uh, photograph, uh, the content of the photograph, what it's telling you. Um, yes. It'll make you make it a winner rather than what it's been photographed on. You could use a box brownie and uh, win a prize. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not surprising. I'm, really. I'm not really that surprised. I, I, I guess the mm-hmm. fact that it's a 5S, which is, you know, now an eight-year-old oh, uh-huh. phone and no longer even supported. Um, the iPhone Photography Awards uh, is held every year, and one of the photos that won an award was taken by the iPhone 5S. As I say here, what's interesting is that of the 54 winning photographs, only seven were taken with the iPhone 12 or 12 Pro Max, meaning 47 of the other photographs were taken by older phones, including devices such as the 10, the 10R, the 7, and obviously a 5S. So there we go. Um, well, but, I mean, that's not, again not very surprising, is it? Because a lot of the a lot of the um... Over the past few years, Apple haven't been particularly improving the the actual optics. They've been 
improving the processing they've been improving that you know all, all the back end stuff yeah um so, so as again it's not really it's not really that surprising that um a, a 10s for instance would would would, uh, would take as good a photograph as 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 the latest because let's face it the kind of people who are winning photo competitions probably aren't you know your average joe oh look i've just i mean no that's not fair it could be just any guy in the street but the kind of people who in my opinion who see really good photographs and take them are people who who take photography seriously yeah exactly mm -hmm. um and uh, you know ewan rankin uh was talking about you know they were talking about it on the mac show um and as he said you know it, photos that tend to win things in in those sort of things are, are, are often more about you know a striking picture yeah um, the content the content yeah. it's about the content you know obviously they're things that they want it to be in focus and you know the horizon should be level and all yes. that sort of thing but often the, the you know the point of the you know what makes something and you know get voted for in a in a competition like that is is a an interesting photograph so yes i used to years ago i used to go to um midfot which was a, a midlands photographic exhibition i had a friend who was even more into photography than i was and i wasn't in a big way really but um, um i loved going to them because the photos were just outstanding uh and sometimes it wouldn't be anything special it might be a picture of a man standing on a hill but somehow the framing and everything just makes the picture pop out yeah uh, and, and 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 you can tell that it's a class photograph you know what i mean yeah it's uh, you know it's composition and framing and yes and, and all that sort of thing um mm -hmm. Yeah. Well done, to the iPhone 5S. It's good that it's still yeah. still winning prizes. That's great. I, th I think I think in the Slack, Alistair gave us a breakdown of you know the kind of actual um, lens and pixel equivalents. So you know, saying well, in reality, it might be eight years old, but in, in kind of actual. Um, photographic terms it's not that you know not that much worse of a camera it's not you know yeah, but, uh, cameras have been that... cameras in phones have been bloody fabulous for years so yes i mean they have, have the, when was when was the last time it changed i mean i know this has nothing to do with the quality of the photograph by the way but when was the last time they they changed the megapixel cam hasn't it been eight megapixels for a long time i don't know what the i don't even know what the megapixels on i think it's been eight way back so i wouldn't be surprised if got they know. wouldn't be surprised if the 5s hasn't got eight megapixels exactly oh, the yeah. same yeah probably had probably had yeah. anyway alistair uh in the in the slack gave us an actual technical breakdown if you're interested in those sort of things um which really good tells you the difference between a 5s and a, i think a 12 pro in megapixels and focus and yeah. aperture and so on it's not that big as you said but realistically it's not that huge um okay uh tim cook says apple will donate donate to support flood relief efforts in western europe after obviously flooding in um, germany and um, other parts of europe which is nice um yeah that's good nice um and of course uh, he hasn't said anything about china but because there was a catastrophic flood in uh china yeah recently um with a lot of tragic loss of life because the um both a, i believe a road tunnel um and the subway flooded leading to um that's un right unsurprisingly a large loss of life because if you're stuck in a tube train and the tunnel fills with water you're a bit uh that's pretty terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. 
um, and usually pretty fatal because there's, you know, nowhere not, to go. I mean, there's nowhere to go. It's not like the movies. Um, although I did read a story apparently of a um, some I forget what he was, but he was a retired soldier or something um, in China who did the sort of uh, Sly Stallone thing and was swimming into the tunnel and pulling people out. Um, wow. And rescued quite a lot of people. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's tragic. And um, I don't know if Tim is going to send some money to China or, or not. I guess maybe um, the Chinese government might not look kindly on it. They, Who knows? Bit, they're a bit funny, aren't they? Um, anyway, uh, right, I've got one here. iOS 15 hidden features on the iPhone, which is from CNET. Um, that's a list of new features that Apple didn't uh, describe in the keynote. So um, quite interesting. Um, here's, and... here's fifteen things that no, hardly any of you will ever use. Yeah, yeah, there is there is a little bit of that. Usually the case, isn't it? It is. Um, let me see. Let me have a quick look. I'm not going to describe them all. Um, uh, they mentioned the use the iPhone camera to scan signs, business cards, etc., which is the live text thing. Um, apparently, you will be able to get real time um, rain and snow alerts from the weather app. Um, uh, view more details about your photograph. Uh, now, this one I did think was interesting, um, and it's not something they mentioned. Change the size of text for specific apps. Um, you know, previously you can go into settings and oh, you can good. set the text size. Um, now, yes. Um, apparently, if you this will be coming, you know, this is in in the beta. I've checked; it's in the beta, so it's coming in iOS 15. Um, you go to the settings app, go to Control Center, scroll down, and find the option Text Size, and uh, add that to your Control Center. Next time you're in an app and you wish to adjust the size of the text, open the Control Center. Um, tap on the text size button, slide the button to the left side to toggle to indicate you only wish the changes applied to the app you are currently using and then adjust the font size up or down to suit. Um, so you, you've got two now. That's there's good. A, yes, it is. Good idea. A little bit complicated, though. Um, not once you get the hang of it, I must admit. At the moment, you, the, the biggest thing is you have to go to the control center settings and add the text size control to your control center. Um, yes, yeah. That's the most complicated I'm just thinking thing about someone, it. I'm just thinking for someone, I mean, I've just set up, um, a couple of weeks ago, set up an iPad for a friend who's not techie. Yes. Uh, and she's got macular degeneration, um, so she wants to be able to make the text larger. So this will be good for her, but maybe it's easier to do than to describe. Uh, it it so. is, actually. It is, because I, uh, having read this, I went in and had a go. And you can... Um... You can effectively, you can adjust the text size, you know, universally. So you slide it to all apps. And I've yes. currently got mine, you know. I'm not afraid to admit that my eyes are not what they were. Um, and I've got mine set to like 135%. Um, but it, 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 it'd be handy to be able to set, because in some apps that's that already have fairly large text, that's too big, if you know what I mean. Yes, um, or you end up with end up with an interface that's almost impossible to use. Yes, so you can actually do Simply it. Simply because of the size of the sex, yeah. Yeah, so you can you can now apparently, well, not apparently, you will in iOS 15 be able to do that on an app-by-app -app basis. So, you know, you can make your Twitter feed big enough text to read. and um, That's good. You know, that's good, that's good. Apple, um, yet again, thinking of those of us who uh, whose eyesight isn't as brilliant as it once uh, was. That's yeah, good. Like, like many of these things. Um, the iPhone will remain findable even after power off. Um, not quite sure how they're achieving that, but um, this was on iPhone, iPhone in Canada. Um, not 
quite sure how they're going to achieve that, but uh, it says here... Oh, right, I see. Um, find my phone feature in iOS 15 Beta 3 leave, leaves the device findable even if it is powered off. Um, not quite sure how they're making that work, but um, that's handy because actually one of the worst things that happens, you know, is, and it's happened to me, you know, is the boys, I can't find my phone. So I go, well, bring up Find My, you know, and then what it says is this device has run out of battery. And uh, uh, there we are. But that's, that's, that's good. Um, um, apparently, iOS and Android activations are split evenly in the US at 50-50, which, um, okay, not, that's possibly not as good for Apple as some people might think, to be honest. If you're going to get, uh, be facing antitrust regulation, um, that's possibly not particularly great for Apple. They might not want to get much bigger of the share of the pie. Um, a bit strange, I know, but... Um, Does that mean iOS and does that mean iOS are now getting a larger share of activations? Because wasn't it always Android that was more activation? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, the US is much more so heavily... It's become more... Um, the US is much more heavily iOS-centric than, like, Europe. Or, yeah, that's um, true. A, a lot of other yeah. places. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the split is. I, I think in Europe it's somewhere... I, I, well, I, it used to be something like 25% iOS to 75% Android or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what it is now, but um, yeah, the, the US is becoming ever more um, centered on iOS. Well, now it's 50-50, apparently, according to the Mac uh, Rumors team. Um, latest Safari preview uh, contains an updated tab bar design, uh, Apple Insider, which obviously we've talked about. Um, yeah. Oh, I like this one. Uh, a YouTuber sends an air tag to Tim Cook and Apple returns it with a letter, um, which was quite... You've underpaid your postage. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, apparently, a YouTube cha channel, Megalag, sent an air tag addressed to Tim Cook, one to Elon Musk, um, and one to North Korea. Um and apparently the story is so long and has been split into two videos. Um, the air tags all shipped from Frankfurt, Germany, and the Find My network was able to show where the packages were located. Um, Find My app located the air tags in places such as the DHL facility and even the airport. Um, the air tag sent to Apple Park was identified somewhere in Nevada, US. Uh, and found the flight carrying his package flew over that place. So presumably the air tag communicated with an iPhone on the plane and sent the location to find them. Um, apparently, uh, the one he sent to Elon Musk arrived at the SpaceX headquarters, stayed there for two and a half weeks, and then was last detected at a recycling center before its last signal from Kazteik, California. Um, unsurprisingly, the air tag sent to North Korea never reached its destination. Um, Apparently, it went to South Korea at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did watch the first part of this um, YouTube, uh, uh, and, it, and it, is, it is interesting. Because at one point, he said it identified that it was in um, Nevada. Yeah. And they reckoned that it connected to someone's phone on the plane. Yeah. As it was going to wherever it was going to. So, clever stuff. There we go. Um Right, the air tag sent to Tim Cook, on the other hand, arrived at Apple Park, stayed there six weeks before being sent back to Germany. Apple returned the air tag with a letter to the YouTuber, 
printed on paper with rounded corners and signed by one of Tim Cook's uh, assistants. Which basically says, thank you for sharing your project for AirTags. We're delighted to hear about creative uses for AirTags and how they can improve customers' lives. Mr. Cook receives hundreds of letters each month from customers. Unfortunately, he is unable to respond to every request. We hope you continue to enjoy your AirTag as it returns from its unique journey across the world. There you go. Um, and a link a link to the quite amusing. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, the, the sort of thing that actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a YouTube hater, but there are some things on YouTube you just think, like, really? You know, have you got nothing better to do? That one's actually <laughs> quite, you know, I find that one quite intriguing. Um, on, the other, on the other hand, there's also an awful lot on YouTube if you're trying to do something that you've never done before. Oh, yeah. There's always someone who's done it before you. There is indeed. There's plenty of, you know, there are plenty of... Even um, if it's, you know, wiring up a plug or whatever. Yeah, anything. Someone out there has done a YouTube video on it. On how to do it. That is true. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a YouTube hater at all. Um, and, you know, whatever. People want to make weird and wonderful nonsense, that's fine. And I'm sure there are people who enjoy it. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it, I guess. A bit like us. Yes. It's like, well, it's like the gaming. It's like the gaming fraternity, isn't it? I mean, um, there's huge amounts of video made of watching people play games, which seems completely pointless to me. But obviously, some people enjoy it. So, um, all kudos to them. I did watch. My boy made me watch one um, yesterday, actually, talking of YouTubers doing games. And it didn't force you to watch this bloke playing games. But um, this guy was like, for some bizarre and, you know, strange reason, I felt bound to attempt to get all of the platinum relics in every Crash Bandicoot game ever. Um, (laughs) And then describes how difficult it was and how it, you know, practically drove him insane by describing the worst ones and how torturous it was. And why did I not just do something simple like smash my brains out on a wall, you know? Um, (laughs) But I had to admire his dedication. Uh, There we are. Um, Oh, this this one's from a little while ago. John Gruber on Daring Fireball, uh, entitled, If You Guys Are Really Us, What Number Are We Thinking Of? Uh, which refers to the story, I don't know, a week and a half ago, that you know Apple were blocking the number 69 from appearing on their um, on their weather app because um, the, the weather app in the US would either show the temperature as 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so after a load of kerfuffle and people accusing, uh, you know, Apple of being prudes and trying to uh, block the viewing of the number 69, um, it turns out that actually, no, it's simply uh, a conversion feature and uh, Apple actually get their weather stats in centigrade and when you translate that in Fahrenheit, you uh, get 68 or 70 because 79 69 does not uh, round off nicely. So there you go. Um, So that was a storm in a teacup, but... uh, John John Gruber. Show it in centigrade, people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, Alistair said in in the Slack room. You know, the minute I saw that headline, I thought, yeah, that will be a conversion issue. Um, yes. Uh, but there you go. There's, there's John Gruber making a kind of light of that. Um, we've got one. This is a this one is from a, a little while ago. Apple threat to quit Britain over a five billion patent row. Um, um, and uh, also Mac rumors follow that up with Apple threatens to leave the UK market over seven billion patent dispute. Um, well, just flexing their muscles. Just well, flexing them. Actually, I listened to somebody um, discuss how outrageous 
the uh, the five billion damages claim actually is, and uh, they said, oh, you know, depending on how you want to calculate the thing, it was like this is the income that Apple declare for uh, the App Store, I think it was, and you know, take off the tax and take off this and gross margins, net margins, blah blah blah. Oh yes, and it and it was something like two hundred years or something. Yeah, and in the end, it would you know, if they got fined five billion, and it would take them a hundred. 50 odd years to pay off the fine in profits you know which would be like well in that case it's just not worth it stuff your stuff your patent row and we're off we'll take our football and go home um but it is but in all honesty it is it's just posturing isn't it but surely apple's not the only one that's affected by this no it's not yeah no, they're not it's just you know it's patent trolling it's people go you mm-hmm. know Oh well, you know, Apple are worth all this money, so five billion is it, it seems like small chips, but it's proportionate to what you're claiming it against, isn't it? Yes, of course it is. You know. Um I'm not I'm I'm pretty sure that no sensible judge would award that sort of money. They would look at the value of the damages, you know. Like yeah, and would you have made five billion off this? Have you actually suffered five billion worth of damage? I doubt it very much. So there you go. Um but no. Yes, uh, it's a completely different thing from the fact than them paying taxes in the countries where they... I mean, that's the thing that gets my goat, really. I mean, what we ought to do is change the laws well, that, they should have to pay, that they should have to pay tax in the country that they're Yeah, that they generate, generate the money. And, yeah, and, then, and then all this argument would be out the window. Out the window, totally. Um, totally. And I think Tim Cook even said it at one point where somebody, you know, at some point, some politician accused them of, you know, doing this, that and the other to avoid, quote, unquote, avoid taxes. And he said, we don't do anything illegal. Everything we pay, all the tax that we're required to pay wherever we are. And if you don't like the amount of tax that we pay, you're the politicians. It's your job to alter the rules so that, you know. So that we can't do it anymore. So we can't, or not so much can't dodge it. You know, you have to make the rules so that you collect the tax you want. Not my job. If you go to a finance guy and say, I'm paying all this money, and he says, well, you don't need to, yeah. because legally you don't need to, no company's going to say, oh, but we want to because it's fair. No, say not. Because <laughs> companies aren't like that. If you don't, you change know, the laws, for if goodness you don't sake. like the tax structure, you're the politicians, change the tax structure. Not, you know, it's not Apple or Google or not, Facebook not or anybody else. Not trying to punish the companies that are just using the, the loopholes, because they are loopholes, using the loopholes because they're allowed to yeah no it's no good i've I've said this right from the very start it's no good whining that amazon don't you know pay xyz money then then change the rules so that they can't get out of paying it that's right it's not it's not their fault it's your fault you know that's a bit of the blame the blame the intern job isn't it you know it's not it's not not the intern's fault you should not be put in that position um what should we go on to next we'll hurry along a bit now um yeah the other big story of this week of course was this explosive spyware report shows limits of ios and android security um yes i've been hearing about this but i didn't know anything about it right well it this thing um arose about uh pegasus spyware yes it's come to light that um a particular group targeted um journalists activists and you know other specific uh targets and they used the pegasus spyware which is made by an israeli company whose name escapes me um the open it i think it might be nos can't remember. 
Um, yeah, that's all. Uh, Amnesty International sheds alarming light on an NSO group surveillance. Okay. Um, right. The NSO um, NSO group called the research false allegations by a consortium of media outlets. Um, and yes, I, I accept. Go away. Um, <laughs> strongly worded. Yes, it's all right. I got a huge. Do you accept our cookies right across the bit I was reading? Uh, the list is not a list of Pegasus <laughs> targets or potential targets. Um, the numbers in the list are not related to the NSO in any way. They claim that naming the list is necessarily related to a Pegasus target or potential target is erroneous and false. Um, so the NSO who manufacture. Um, Pegasus, which they then sell to various security agencies and governments and so on. Um, Amnesty International have accused them of targeting people. Um, I'm pretty sure Pegasus and, you know, uh, the NSO themselves do not target anybody. But that's uh, what other people do with it when they purchase it is a, a whole nother matter. Um, this basically got inflamed after, um, I believe he's the head of... Um, the head of WhatsApp uh, poked his nose in, um, and also a security researcher called Will Strafat agrees that Apple can do more to combat the NSO. Um, well, Apple so what, always, what can always this, do more. What does this guy claim to do? Uh, well, it's not what it claims to do. It, it's actually known to be able to do it. It uses a zero-day exploit, um, which effectively a specially crafted iMessage can be sent to somebody, and simply by receiving it, your phone is compromised and allows the attacker to get pretty much access to all of the information on your phone. Um, oh, okay. Now, Apple's response to this was um, basically, look, we do what we can and we continue to do what we can, but these sort of attacks are, you know, cost millions or tens of millions of dollars to perfect, uh, are used highly targeted, in a highly targeted fashion against specific targets and have a short shelf life because once people find out what's going on, the hole gets closed and the exploit becomes useless. So, um, you know, and we will continue to do everything we can to combat any compromises of, um, you know, iOS security. And, and the truth is, you know, this is not something that you or I or your dad or, you know, your brother or anybody else needs to worry about. Yeah, if you're Elon Musk or, you know, a political activist in a, you know, oppressive regime, then sure, but you're a target anyway. You know, they've got men in black coats following you around and all the rest. It's, yeah, um, that doesn't mean it's right, but... Um, as we've always said, yes, Nick, so, you know. So it, what, what they're actually saying is you're not likely to have one of these iMessage exploits unless unless someone's trying to hack your account. Yes. And if you're not important, then people aren't likely to do it to you. <laughs> no, they're not, because, you know, the, the exploit costs tens of millions of dollars and it tends to be used by, you know, people like the NSA or, you know, the CIA or whoever. These things are not, yes. you know, yeah. these are not things you can go on find on the dark net and use to hack your ex-wife and see what she's doing. You know what I mean? This is... No. It's, what, it's what we've always said, though. It's a, it's a cat and mouse game. It's a combination. It's con constantly yeah. been, it's constantly a... being run and it always will be. Of course it will. It's a constant battle. Um, and these things rely on zero-day exploit. Um, and it's also, of course, a, um, a constant battle. Uh, or, you know, 
balancing act, I should say, rather than a battle, between security and convenient. You could make iOS super ultra-secure, but like you said about security experts who are so paranoid because they know every single way that you you can be compromised, yeah. um, you would make a phone or, you know, or a device that was so unusable because there would be so many layers of security, you practically couldn't do anything with it, or it would be, you know, nigh on impossible to use. So there we go. Yeah. Um, because they're getting nice to layer deny, layer deny. Yeah, effectively, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to some other um, some other security news before we wrap it up. Uh, Proton's new Mac OS and iOS update helps bypass censorship, um, according to Reclaim the Net. Uh, that's an update from Proton VPN um, with extra um, extra uh, protection, and I've not that's not a link. I've pasted in the headline and not the link. Um, I'll make sure I mm-hmm. fix that. But anyway, that's an update from Proton with you know more more features. Um, DuckDuckGo have introduced their own email protection uh, system, an easy way to block email trackers, etc., which is nice. More options, um, as well as Apple, DuckDuckGo. Currently, it's a beta. It's currently a beta, is it? Okay. Um, yeah, and in, in beta only. Yeah. DuckDuckGo is launching email protection into beta. You can actually uh, go into DuckDuckGo's settings. Yeah, and if you get if you get the settings, you can request uh, access to the the beta. Uh, um, you've got to yeah. wait for a while. I'm still waiting for me. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. It's it's cut. It's coming. I mean, even if it's not, mm-hmm. um, it's a it, no. It's another email. It's, like, it's another email aliasing service. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like that um, company brought out the email thing where you paid for it every you know paid it annually and the filtered your emails and I can't mind the name of that that uh, that email application now. No. Last year, year before last, there was a big thing about um, some email company that you had to pay to get. Oh, what was the name of it? Mm, I can't. I can't recall. Can't mind. No. Anyway, there you go. But there, there you go. So that's coming mm. from DuckDuckGo. You're correct. That is in fact beta. So if you're interested, uh, you know, sign up. Um, security researchers uncovered yet more print spool of vulnerabilities um, in Windows. Um, Microsoft are now suggesting that you actually disable the print spooler altogether. Um, which is <laughs> don't print, don't print. Well, if you did, it's not that, is it? It just means if, <laughs> if you if you if you disable the print spooler, <laughs> it means that while you're printing, um, your machine will be I am printing, and you can't. Yeah. So, so what is a what is a print spooler? Well, a print spooler is when you know when you like you say if you got a twenty page document, let's say, and you hit print. Mm-hmm. It sends the information on the printing to the print spooler and uh, then frees your machine, your application, to go on doing something different because the print spooler will take oh, all the right. information okay. and then feeds it to the printer. Back in the days of yore, in you know the early days of the Mac, before there was a print spooler on the Mac, um, you used to print out a document, and if it was a long document, you would have this um, dialogue would come up and say, uh, printing to dot, dot, dot. Yeah, um, and you would just have to sit mm-hmm. in there and wait while it printed page after page. If you printed a long document to your laser printer, you would be stuck there with this dialogue on the screen while it printed out all the pages. Back, back in the good old days. Back yes. in the good old days of broadcasting that. And um, mm. so my so, brother... It's a memory. Yeah, my, so my brother... Um, wittily uh, used the admin mode for our laser in, uh, laser writer and um, gave it the gave it the name just hold on so whenever we printed anything it'd say <laughs> printing to your laser writer 2nt just hold on um, and then 
eventually, you know, uh, very good. Yeah, they're, they're, so that we had that. That was a thing. But that's what Prince Boodler does, uh, Jim. It takes the information on um, mm. for, for a print job and holds it, and then hands it off to the printer so that you, the, you, you know, your computer or your mm. application can get on with doing other things. So um, yeah, it's, right. it's sometimes called a print queue, isn't it? Yes, the print queue. That's what it, it, it yeah. queues stuff that's what up. It's doing it's queuing up stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can you, okay. you, so you can fire document after document into the queue, and then palm them out to the printer one after the other. Um, and I guess if you if you were to disable that for security reasons, um, as Microsoft advises customers to disable this component when you print, you'll get you'll be back to you know uh, Mac OS six type behavior where it would say printing your document, and you'll have to wait until it's finished printing before you can go and do something else. Um, or you end up. With- or you end up with just part of a page printing. <laughs> I remember <laughs> those days. Yeah. Um, what we got? Uh, shocking new Windows 10 security alert as an unpatched bug exposes admin passwords. Oh, dearie me. More misery. Uh, that one's on Forbes. Uh, and then they're just to, um, you know, give Windows a bit of relief. Virulent Windows X loader malware is now attacking Mac OS. Uh, that's on uh, Apple Insider. Um, you know, um, Apple is becoming an ever bigger malware target. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, X loader malware for Windows has been detected on Macs. Um, there we go. Um, so you can read all about that if you want on Apple Insider. And I think that's probably about it. We've been going a fair while. I'm just going to mention a couple of it. You know the LG rollable TV, the thing like a window blind yeah. that has been at mm-hmm. CES several times. Um, and everybody was like, you know, they keep showing, they keep demoing it, but they, you know, it's not a product. Apparently now it is a product, and it costs a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is a... having said that, having said that, I've, I've, I've helped my brother and sister-in-law choose a new TV, and and they bought a sixty-inch television, uh, an LG, uh, and it wasn't anywhere near as expensive as you might think. I mean, the prices of large televisions are amazing, really. Yeah, in comparison to what they were not that long ago, you would have been paying tens of thousands for a screen that size. But the, no, so that's only get... a matter of time. But um, yeah. The rollable TV costs 50 times as much as a normal OLED TV. And apparently, apart from the rolling feature, it's basically identical to an LG CX or C1, according to them. Right. So that, uh, and it's not even equivalent to a high-end telly either. No, no, no. So, you know, that's a fairly... Um, it's not as good a picture. Yeah. Fairly, you know, run-of-the-mill, as it were. So, uh, yeah. But... Yeah, as... can, can you just imagine the... Rolling it, rolling it down, and something gets in between it. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would make you cringe, wouldn't it? And I've got two links here. Uh, ARM's cheap and flexible plastic microchip could create an internet of everything, um, The Verge. Um, And I've got a link to the paper, uh, a natively flexible 32-bit ARM microprocessor in nature, if those of you who wish to read about exactly how this thing is um, put together. Be warned, that is a very long, you know, paper. It's a nature paper explaining exactly how and why and what and um but it's quite a good read it's not super technical um i'll be honest i managed to at least get the grasp of most of it um what they're doing in effect is um they are using um a a kind of um 
metal oxide film on a flexible plastic uh, backing to create thin film transistors, um, which, you know, can be uh, used in things like clothing or, or um, wrapped around products and so on. Um, and the, the point of these is they're meant to be incredibly yeah. cheap. Um, and I, I have to admit, they, okay. they've named it Plastic Arm, which is... Um, <laughs> Um, natively flexible mm. 32-bit processor um, and is derived is from the ju- ARMv6. Um, do you think this ob- obsession with flexible plastic thing is it's just one of those things that once we've got it, no one will want it, really? Mm-mm. I've no idea. I've no idea. You know what I mean? I mean, there seems to be this, this, this big push over uh, over the last 20 years, probably, trying to produce flexible displays. And, and when, once we've got them, what will we do with them? <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, you are the dog agrees. Yeah, there we are. Um, that, but that's an interesting. That's an interesting read. Uh, Apple Insider tells you, you know, sort of what they think it's going to be for, and uh, the Nature paper explains exactly the high, how, whys, and what's. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably about it. I've got a tip. Oh, uh, last thing, last but one, I guess. NASA has successfully switched the Hubble to backup um, and retired oh, NASA. That's... Yes, it's working again. It's working, thankfully. Retired NASA engineers returned to fix the Hubble telescope. Uh, that's from the Smithsonian. So uh, two links there. Cool. Um, the Hubble got switched back to, you know, switched to backup and fixed and is now working. It is working again. So uh, that's good news. The Hubble did not have to be, you know, crashed into the atmosphere and destroyed. Um, And I've got one last one here. How to add lines and grids to your notes on iOS and iPadOS. Uh, This is a tip from Apple Insider, which Donnie sent in, I believe. Um, And this is especially useful, of course, if you uh, use the Apple Pencil with notes on your iPad. Um, It allows you, you know, to put grids or lines on which you can write on. Um, Because writing with an Apple Pencil on uh, a thing without any guidelines, same as writing on a plain piece of paper, unless you're very good, you you know, your lines tend to wander. So there you go. Um, <laughs> link there to the tip on how to add lines or grids to your to your notes in iOS. There we are. And I think we'll wrap it up. That's uh, quite a good long show, considering chaps. Lots of stories. Um, yes. Yes. Hopefully everything's worked okay, Simon. <laughs> yep. Well, we hope so. Um, and hopefully, you know, next week my machine will be back and fully working and we'll be back to normal. Um, so, Nick, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Um, Sheffield at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yes, but, um, yes, uh, occasionally, very occasionally, I'll be the time. Ligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Uh, and you can hear me over on Bart Show occasionally. I haven't been on for a little while, so I might I might try and get on the next <coughs> one, depending on what time he decides to have. Yes, that is true. It, it, of late, and, of course, a... in the Slack room. Yep, and in the Slack room. And you can find uh, Nick's church stream videos um, on YouTube. Link in the show notes. If you want to see some of his, you know, adventures with um, hand to tilt and zoom and streaming and all that, which is, you know, we've talked about in the past. If you want to see the results of some of those, uh, go to the YouTube channel for the uh, for his church. There we are. Uh, Jim. I might do a video. Oh, yeah, go on. One day, because I don't know other people might find that interesting, but if they do, then let us know. I, I'm, I'm quite happy to do a video and show you how it all works, how all the bits fit 
together and all that kind of thing. I think that would be interesting. We could put that up on our YouTube and whatnot if, if you want to do such that such a thing, Nick. But yeah, I'll Absolutely. give it some thought. Um, okay, Jim, where can people find you? Uh, not in Sheffield. <laughs> not in Sheffield. Um, okay. Yeah, you can find me in Slack group. Um, you can find me in Vimeo, link in the show notes. <laughs> and I'm uh, on Flickr, uh, as the artist formerly known as. Um, I'm now going by the name of Orme. Uh, that's capital O R M I E. Uh, open brackets, capital O, close brackets. In other words, it's Orme O. Maybe I'll just keep doing. <laughs> there we go. No, that's fine. Yeah, I so um... now, now, I'm now shortened my name from the SFPS paint shop to Orme O. Uh, Surely good. That's simpler. For what it's worth, however, uh, the actual full URL is still um, the SRPS paint shop. Oh, right. Yeah, because Mm. that was its original title. His username has now changed to Ormi, uh, you know, O. I thought it should have been Mm. Ormi's album, personally, but there you go. There we go. (laughs) Well, just want Ormi, but uh, somebody else has that. Yeah, somebody's already flagged that, yeah. Yeah, and O. That was flagged as well. Apparently. Well, that, that's so, not surprising. Yeah. Trying to search for it, couldn't find it. So, dumpty. There we are. So, all the links, as ever, in the show notes. I, of course, can be found on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. And uh, I'm in the Slack room, of course, and all of the show stuff is on EssentialApple.com, and the show tweets is at EssentialApple. And uh, I think that'll be that'll be enough. Thank you to everybody, of course, for all the usual things, retweeting, supporting us, sending us money, beer, whatever. Um, and I think until next time, we'll all say goodbye. So, goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast and I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show uh, or even if you're really keen you could set up a recurring payment And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. On episode 41 of TechFan, Tim Robertson reviewed the HP touchpad and gave it a mediocre score. By the time we started recording TechFan 43, HP had killed the touchpad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There, there, Tim. Tim, it's okay. It's okay. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Tim, Tim, it's okay. You can't help it. These things happen. TechFan. The podcast too many industry leaders listen to and unfortunately get advice from. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I'm so sorry. Don't listen to Tech Man. I'm so sorry.